He said that Jesus Christ has risen And He is the open door How you doing everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show where we talk about life, talk about liberty, and talk about the pursuit of happiness and we show the world that Cajuns do have intelligence. Hope you're having a good day, good week, wherever you are located because remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Excited, ladies and gentlemen, one of the fastest growing conservative podcasts in the nation according to Feedspot. We are sitting at number 49. Let's keep, uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it going. Let's keep growing the show and you can help me with that uh, you can go ahead and subscribe you can go ahead and follow depending on the platform you're listening on or watching on because we're on uh rumble we're on youtube we're on apple podcast google spot uh, podcast we're on spotify video and spotify podcast um we are on iheart radio now we are on amazon radio uh amazon uh podcasting we are all over and we, we want to just keep this show growing. We want to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, conservative podcast in the nation. So let's keep our numbers going up. We have moved up every time we've been on Feedspot's speed um, speed uh, poll. And with that being said, we've had some great opportunities. And um, God has been blessing us here at the Cage Conservative Show and BGS Media. So please go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit the follow button or whatever, whatever your choice is on the podcast platform you're listening on. Um, with that being said, we once again will have a presidential candidate on this show. Our second presidential candidate, Mr. Roland Roberts. He is a Republican um, presidential candidate. He is running uh, in 2024 against uh, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, or potentially running against Ron DeSantis and other folks. Uh, but Mr. Roberts is going to be here with us. Go ahead and check. Uh, stay tuned for that podcast uh, segment. Uh, we, we're excited to have Mr. Roberts, and uh, I think it's going to be a good interview. So go ahead and just uh, that'll be on a third segment. Uh, until then, though, we have two other segments we have to cover up, and I have a lot of news stories. It, it, news right now is getting more within the span of two or three days you're getting a lot more news stories and you're getting a lot of things that are happening in the nation and a couple of these things are concerning to me and i want to spend a little bit of time talking about the president of the united states because there was a lot of things that happened in this this week that involved him directly and concerning some of his policies but are, are some ways that he he is conducting himself and look, ladies and gentlemen, look, this, this man is, is 80, I believe he's 82 years old. And if he wins a second term, which he has announced, and we talked about his announcement, how he did it in video form instead of doing a live audience. Now, we know the benefits of that. You're probably going to reach more audience with a video, but at the same time, you don't have that reaction of people cheering you on. Does he have people cheering him on? That will be another question with the video. But he has announced he is running for president of the United States. And there has been questions, and this was done by The View, where they had the the, the somewhat conservative person on there uh, asking the questions, hey, this is a concern about Biden's age. Biden, And look, I understand the argument from some conservatives as well, because 
And they will say, well, Isaac, hold on. Donald Trump's 80 and he had his wits about him. Okay, I can't argue about that. But ladies and gentlemen, you you have this you have this president. We're not going to talk about former President Trump right now, but we're going to have we have this president where he's been criticized again for having a cheat sheet of questions and the topics and the reporters that he had to call on. And ladies and gentlemen, this this should not it should not be this way. And and you have that you have these arguments of his age, and you have this argument of things that are happening to him, and you you just have to wonder what, what, you know, if he, if he is elected again, what's, you know, what will he, will, will he be able to, will he be able to continue his duties as president at an older age? And he, he just having a lot, but let, let's go back to why, like I said, the controversy and this would led to his age and a lot of things that are, people are wondering about the president of the United States from the Daily Wire, uh, Biden cheat sheet shows he knew what topic reporter would ask him before. A cheat sheet that President Joe Biden used to call on reporters during joint press conferences with South Korea, uh, Korea President Yan shi Yul on Wednesday showed that he knew in advance the topics that reporters were going to ask him about. So, ladies and gentlemen, why even have a press conference? That, let's, let's just stop right here. If the president of the United States is going to tell reporters to send your copy, send your questions to me so I can really go ahead and get a good, defined answer on that, you know, why, why have a press conference? Why not just say, well, this reporter asked me and this is what I'm going to report on. Ladies and gentlemen, these press conferences are supposed to throw the president off guard. Because look, I understand the, the media side of it because I, I do I do interviews. I do interviews with candidates. I do interviews with 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 TikTokers. I, I do all a lot of time. Look, I even done interviews where they ask me, "Hey, you want us? Do you want us to send the questions in before?" No. You know it, now. Look I, now, if Dad tell me, "Hey, we're talking about." Like like the Do Connect podcast when I was on when they when they asked me, hey, do you want to come on? We're talking about abortion. Just give me the topic. That's all I'm asking. Just give me the topic, and we focused on that. Even went off into other topics on that. But ladies and gentlemen, isn't this supposed to throw off the president to get you know? And look, I'm not look. I'm not trying to say like hey, a gotcha moment, but it's just it, this. Does this seem fair? Now this isn't the first time Biden has done this. Um, there was uh, uh, in 2022, people were um, were were criticizing Biden because Biden had cheat sheets on talking about Putin and talking points on that, and and people had to give in their their they had to give their uh, their questions in advance. Ladies and gentlemen, th these press conferences aren't supposed to be that way. But and now, now why? Now we don't know. Look, I understand. Okay, let, let me say this. I can give a compromise of this. You can. He can even have a list of potential journalists to remember their faces and whatnot, or their names, because there are some people that's not good with faces and names. I understand that. But to have the question, I'm looking at the picture right here. To have a general topic. Or even the question, and he has the the answer already laid out. This isn't this isn't spontaneously. People can look at these questions and be like, "All right, this is what we're gonna say," and we don't have to say this, this, and this. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this is very dangerous for the country. When you know, when when a president has to have everything laid out for him, that is scary. Or everything got to be scripted. We don't know what they're doing and all this stuff. 
But ladies and gentlemen, I, I just I, I just don't understand this right here. I don't understand why the president of the United States had to go ahead and and have notes for this. Now, this is one of the things they're criticizing Biden this week. Let's go to another thing that they're, they're criticizing Biden for. Um, this came out. Um, the, I believe the 20s, yeah, the 27th of April, which was, uh, which was, uh, Thursday, Breitbart went ahead and report U S economy expand, uh, expanded at a sluggish 1.1% annual pace in the first three months of the year, despite strong concern, uh, cons uh, customer spending. So ladies and gentlemen, the GDP is growing extremely slow. Now, this is another thing that, that, um, now, customer spending was sitting at a 3.7% in January through March in the period. But the weakness comes from the business investments and investors perhaps uh, struggling that business expenses a weaker level of customer spending. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the problem. Look, look Americans are spending money. Don't get me wrong. Americans are spending money. But the problem is that our GDP is growing slower and slower. Remember we had a negative, which I'm happy about this is growing, but the negative, remember a couple of months ago, I said, look, we're in a recession because we had two negative GDP growth. Now that we have a GDP growth, but it's disappointing because it's not as fast. And it also experts thought, well, it's going to grow faster and it didn't happen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is because of Biden's policies. This is because of the Green New Deal. This is because of things that President Biden is putting into place that is ruining our GDP. He's not letting us drill. He's not letting us do things that we need to do to make the economy grow. So it's going to slow. Now, this is the left's argument, and I have friends on the left. And I, if anybody wants to have a debate on that, please give me a call. I would love to talk to you about that in a respectful way. But if, if you look at, at what Biden's... You can the left's argument would be, well, hold on, Isaac, it's growing. Don't you see President Biden's stuff? Uh, his his policies are growing, and they're they're they're, they're strengthening the economy. No, we should have the world's greatest GDP uh, score, but we don't. Why? Because President Biden is not doing the right things to grow our economy. Ladies and gentlemen, we can have a growth of GDP 1.1 1, uh, in the first quarter. We can. But the thing of it is, eggs are still high. Common goods are still high. Gas prices are rising. And ladies and gentlemen, this is putting a bind on us that are the American citizens. Look, when, when Trump was there, it did, $20 filled up my truck tank. Now, if I had to fill up, it'd be almost $60. That is double of what I spent. Well, triple of what I spent. That is $40 that are going to something else. Now, I, I'm, I'm fortunate as, a, as an American to live right down the road from my job, and I don't have to use my vehicle as much. Uh, my, the, where the ministry's at, I can go ahead and, and, and go to the ministry. It don't burn that much fuel. But ladies and gentlemen, imagine if I had to drive an hour, two hours away, and have to pay these gas prices. That would, $60 extra or $40 extra that would hurt us. And ladies and gentlemen, what the president is doing, he's not helping the economy. He is really hurting us as Americans. And this is because of, of spending out of the wazoo, the government spending money and them doing them, them pushing other things that are ruining the economy over here. 
It, it is sad. The car industry, ladies and gentlemen, they're forcing people to buy EVs when people don't want EVs. But the government is saying we're going to you're going to buy EVs. And it, it is wrong on that note. Now, talking um, because of our our economical problems, we are still having banks collapse here in America. What am I talking about? First Republic, the third major American bank collapsed. Regardless, uh, regulators will soon take company over reports. This is from the Daily. This is from the Daily Wire. First Republican Bank headquartered in San Francisco, California, caters mainly to wealthy clients with accounts uh, balances above 250,000 deposit threshold. Backed by the FDIC, the company witnessed many customers withdraw their funds in recent weeks as recent in. Uh, implosions of uh, SVB and Signature Bank rattled trust in the financial system. FDIC officials have moved to secure both insured and uninsured depositors at the two failed companies to decrease the risk of bank runs on other financial institutions. Regulated de regulators determined that the unstable position of First Republic Bank, necessarily the intimate takeover of the company by FDIC, one unnamed source told Reuters uh, on Friday adding that no time remains for executives to pursue a bailout through a private deal. Shares from First Republic plummet more than 43% on Friday, reaching a low of $3.51 before markets closed. The company's stock was priced at $121.54 at the beginning of the year, making a 97% loss for investors over the past four months. Ladies and gentlemen, banks are failing because of Biden's policies. The economy is not doing well because of Biden's policies. The, 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 we are paying higher at the grocery store. We're paying higher at the pump. But people still to this day will go ahead and say they support Joe Biden for president of the United States. Now, it's a slim 30%. According to some polls saying that 70% of Democrats, I'm not saying Americans, I'm saying Democrats don't want President Biden to run. But ladies and gentlemen, people are still pushing this president. People are still pushing President Biden, even after all his failures, even after all his mishaps. And like I said, should we trust this man? I, I this man has to have cars to show him the, the little uh, cue cards to show him what reporter he needs to call on, and they even have to question in advance for him, and he still botches that up. He still makes mistakes with the question in front of him and the answer, and we know this is a common thing. But now that we have, now we have banks failing, and, and of course, I, I didn't even see this, but I know this is probably happening. It got to be the it got to be Trump's fault. See, Trump deregulated a lot of these banks, and that's why they're failing now. No, it's because, as I said, the economy, the GDP is not growing, and if it is growing, it's slowly it's slowly growing. It's not it's not advancing. Nothing. It's not helping nobody. But the president of the United States is failing in a lot of these areas. Banks are are, are closing. And, and, and things are happening. And this is the man that wants to run in 2024. And the DNC is, is pushing that they, they, they want to continue to support him because they're saying they're not going to support, they're not going to sponsor any Democrat presidential primary debates. 
And ladies and gentlemen, look, I, I know why that is because Robert Kennedy or anybody else that is running against President Biden in the primary debate, they can go ahead and just bring out these statistics and show them what they're doing is not hurt. It's not helping the nation. But ladies and gentlemen, I, and look, it's not because I'm just a conservative. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm really concerned. This man needs cue cards to answer questions from reporters. The, his policies have brought down the economy so much. And banks are still failing. Even after they've done things to secure these banks would not fail. And the first thing he wants to do is blame Donald Trump. It isn't Donald Trump. Because I, I can tell you one thing, and Biden cannot say this on this campaign for president in 2024. He cannot say that America is better off now than it was when I came, became a president. He can't say that. Because things have gotten worse. The only thing he has achieved, however, and I will give him this, which is not the greatest thing to be achieved on, he has pushed LGBTQ rights. I disagree with it, but yeah, he has done that. He has raised our debt to oh, almost $31 trillion. He has, he has done things, but the things that he's, he's, he, he can accomplish on or say he done in this presidency is not helping America. It's helping people's personal agenda. And with that being said, it's hurting America. And it's sad. It's sad that we've come to that this point. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. I'll be back in a few moments. How you doing, everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun conservative. And I want to thank brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes's dump truck service for their generous support of the Cajun conservative and brothers just searching. Hayes's dump truck service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes's dump truck service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. Cleansed and made us whole Not one hub Not one soul All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. Remember, the third segment, we're going to have Roland Roberts. Uh, Ro oh, yeah, Roland Roberts uh, going to be on the podcast. Uh, Mr. Roberts is running for the 2024 presidential race uh he is in the primary race with other republicans at the time um so go ahead and stick around and listen to that interview you're gonna uh i believe you're gonna like it all right so let's continue on with this with the president of the united states and uh, a lot of things that, are, that that have been in the news lately and we're, we're we're going through them because you know we have a president that that will go ahead and remember he when he ran on and he can't run on this no more I'm going to work with the Republican Party because it has been proven that he does not want to work with the Republican Party. And, I, and you, I, you know, every other every presidential candidate would say that. But you can honestly tell when one really means it when he says, I'm going to be a president for everybody. Remember when Biden said that? But now that Biden has been in there, he can't he can't go on that. 
because he he has proven he's not been a president for all the American people. And, and this is the, the policies he's pushed and the things he has done. We brought out the economy. We brought out the banks failing. We brought out high gas prices. We brought that all out in the first segment. But now I want to talk about him not working with the Republican Party. Why? Because the House passed the uh, a debt. To, I'm going to go. Let me read this. Straight from Fox News, House passes McCarthy's debt ceiling bill by two vote. Four Republicans voted against it. Now, this is Matt Gaze and other ones. that I got an, uh, um, a story right here. This is from the Daily Wire. Four GOP holdouts explain why they voted against McCarthy's champion debt ceiling bill. Uh, Matt Gaze said he, has, he, he always votes against raising the debt ceiling, and that has been proving in votes. Andy Biggs... Um, I believe made some of the same statement. Biggs, who uh, challenged McCarthy as House Speaker, um, said that uh, the, he he wanted the legislation for not reducing the national debt or failing to be more aggressive in spending. He said federal spending should be at the very last, but return to fiscal year 2019 pre-COVID pandemic levels as opposed to 2022's levels outline in the bill now we can go back 2019 when trump did raise debt ceilings and stuff it really did hurt america that was one thing and i will say that until the day i'm off the air or the day i die that that there's gonna that, that trump did wrong by raising our debt ceiling and donald trump did wrong by giving stimuluses and 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 and, and i understand he was trying to help the people i understand biden was trying to help the people but in the long run it's gonna hurt our it's gonna hurt our uh, it was it was gonna hurt our uh, our economy. It was gonna it was gonna hurt our nation. This is like putting a band aid on a cut with an axe or something, and you're like, oh, I'm just good with the band aid, and three days later, your leg's infected. Yeah, that band aid or that that bandage worked for that little bit of time, but in the long run, it's gonna hurt you. So that's why you have to go to the hospital and get stitches, and that's what we did wrong. And look, these four. God love them. They did. They went on their voter conscience, but the bill is passed. And look, we're going to have to, unfortunately, we're going to have to raise the debt ceiling. But now this goes to a point, though. It was, it was passed by the House. It's not going to go through the Senate unless the Senate does really extreme changes on it, that it goes back to the House and they pass it, which I doubt is going to happen because the Democrats don't like the House Republicans and the House Republicans don't like the Senate Democrats. And unfortunately, that's where we live. So it's not going to get it's not going to go to the president's debt. But going back to the president of the United States, Joe Biden has already said or his White House has said that President Biden said, I'm going to veto it. And it's going to align. I've talked about this on a number of occasions already, but the president has already said it's my way or the highway. And the talks have stalled. And it isn't Republicans. Republicans have said already, we want to sit down with the president and we want to get a deal done. But because Joe Biden don't like what the deal holds as him having to cut things out, he says, no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with this. Now there is some people that are saying with this cut, they're, they're cutting the VA and they're cutting other things like that. I haven't read the full bill. I'm not going to give you my opinion on that bill. But I think before this bill should have been passed, the president should have went ahead and said, been a president, been a leader, and say, you know what? I'm going to meet with 
Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to meet with Chuck Schumer. I'm going to I'm going to try to come up with a deal that's going to benefit America. But no, he's a crybaby and he's going to go ahead and say, I'm going to stay home. And if y'all don't like if if I'm not going to get what I want, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do it. And look, I, I made a TikTok video, made some of my conservative friends upset, but and I said it on the podcast. I have not got no emails yet, but I've said that Donald Trump saying about the uh, the Republican National Committee's debate. Oh, wasn't my approval. And I said, well, you can sit home and be a big baby. And look, that's what Biden's doing right now. But unfortunately, the difference between Trump and Biden's decision of being a big baby and standing in the corner is that President Biden not showing up to a national committee really don't hurt the nation. Biden saying, I'm not going to show up for a meeting or I'm not going to set up a meeting for the debt ceiling crisis is impacting the whole nation. It could mean that America, for the first time in history, would default on its debts. And ladies and gentlemen, it, it, this, is, this, is a, this is a point where we're at in America. But the president saying, I want to work with everybody. No, he's not. It's been proven. And I was not planning on, on going on a rant about what Biden promised and didn't promise on this episode. But it's leading towards this, that President Biden does not want the best for the country. It's whatever's best for Biden. And why do I say that? Well, I and I did not put it in my notes, but... There is the, the president is sending people to the border, more military personnel to the border to combat the crossings of illegal immigrants. Why is he doing that? Well, it's funny how the Democrats and it's funny how the, uh, the people on the left do this for three years. They don't care nothing about the border. They don't care nothing about illegal immigration until it's the presidential year or an election year. And they start saying, well, we need to protect our border. Why? Because they're trying to gain your vote. They don't care about it for three years in the presidential races, unless, of course, unless they're losing and it, like Alexander Ocasio-Cortez goes to the border and cries, President Trump, oh, now that Biden has been in office, yet, you never seen her at the border no more. That, that, they use the border for political purposes. And I, I can understand my friends on the left saying, too, oh, y'all Republicans do the same thing. Possibly so. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, the Republicans have a consistent, a consistent record of trying to, to, to protect the border and not let legal immigrants in. But but the Democrats have a record of not caring about it until it needs they need their voters or they need votes from swing voters, you know, or the uninformed voters. Because uninformed voters are going to go ahead and say, oh, look at Biden. He's protecting our border. Oh, we need to vote for Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, Biden is not going to work. Biden, Biden is doing what he needs to do to advance himself. And that is not for the betterment of this country. It is going to hurt this country. All right, more things in the news. Senate Dems blocked to save women's uh, sports bill after GOP to uh, Tobbyville called for a quick passage. Uh, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. And look, the, the whole thing about women's sports, I don't believe a biological male should play in a women's sports. I honestly believe that. I think you have to go with the gender that you were you were born with. I, I can't say assigned with because people change their gender like they change underwear today. But if you're a biological male, you should play in a uh, you should play in men's sports. If you're a biological woman, you should play in women's sports. And the bill uh, on Wednesday, the Democrats uh, blocked the Senate from passing this legislation. 
And Tommy Tupperville, which was a coach for Orban football uh, and a, uh, a coach in general, said, nah, no, well, who was head, yeah, he was head football coach of the University of Mississippi and the uh, Orban University. Uh, but he was also, uh, as he said he started out as a girls basketball coach. So Tommy Tupperville wanted this to pass right away and the Democrats shot it down. And I, I talked about this on a previous podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's women, women to get to the spot where they're at right now had to fight and fight and fight to get women's sports to where is that? Uh, I think it was Tommy Tuberville that said that uh, it, they didn't start expanding until the 1970s when they had women's sports. It was that one time in the nation. They only had men's sports and women were on the sidelines. They had to be cheerleaders or they had to do something else. But they have women's sports now. But ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat Party went ahead and blocked passage for a bill that will protect women's sports. And if, before you say anything to me and you say, well, hold on, Isaac, how dare you say that, that this is unfair, that a biological male or a, a man, a biological male transitions to a woman and goes into a women's sport. It's fair. Well, we had the Lisa Thompson story where uh, Riley Gaines and this week we had another story. And this is one of many examples. Olympians say it's unfair. Transgender runner beat women in marathon after competing as male in the past. Two time Olympian Mauro Yakima, I believe I hope I said his name right, has voiced her uh, his her name. Correction. Uh, her, has voiced her displeasure at a transgender athlete beat thousands of women in a female category of the London marathon. Um, this, um, this, this, this person that ran as a, as a male in the past went ahead and nearly, nearly 14,000 actual females suffered the worst finished position because of him. The, the Olympian wrote, she also, she also estimated that during her time as the second rank woman in the world, at least 1,300 men run faster than me. That was, uh, miss, uh, Yamacha, um, uh, opinion of it. Now this has gained national stories where this trans athlete has said they would give back the medal that they beat. This is from the daily wire transgender runner offers to give back medal after beating 14,000 women in marathon, but says I didn't do anything wrong. Well, according to the world stage or the popular believer now, no, that this person did not do nothing wrong. But the problem with it is this was a biological man that ran at ran in male marathons before. Now, I don't know his record. I don't know what he did on there, but I, he, tra he says, I am a woman. Then he wins this marathon. But now this was in London, England. Also, you have the story of the golfer who went ahead and was a trans man and turned into a woman. Well, it was a man turned into a woman and went ahead and played golf in Australia and beat the snot out of all the women in that category. Now, this is a whole nother issue with this too. However, you're not hearing women going into men's sports or women that's becoming men go into men's sports and dominate. There's only one side of it. And the, I brought out three stories right here. And these, these trans men outdid all the women. 
Well, I say trans men. That means a woman going to these trans women going into women's sports and beating the snot out of women. Now, how is that fair? But ladies and gentlemen, this is the Democrat Party that just voted to shoot that down. And I promise you, if it would have went to the president's debts, he would have vetoed it. But the, this is the this is the country we're living in, where the Democrat Party is justifying this unfairness in America. And, I, and you know, it, it's funny how the left always says that the left says, well, hold on, Isaac, we need to be fair to the trans athlete. But what about the trans? What about the women that these men that are turning into women going into this? A biological male, and I said this on TikTok, I said it on this camera, I've said, I've said it multiple times. A biological man should not be in women's sports. But the Democrat Party is pushing this because we have to help the trans people. We got to be fair to the trans people. Yeah, but what about the women? Like I said, this is all a one-sided thing, though. It's you never you're not hearing women becoming men, going into a men's sports and dominating. If that was happening, you can have an argument that it does not matter. But you're not seeing this. Um, I, I, I don't know what fight it was, but I think it was like, a, a, it wasn't in the UFC. God, the UFC don't allow that, but a, a UFC-style fight happened like that where a trans man, well, a trans woman who was a man went and fought a woman and beat the living snot out of her. How is that fair? But this person says that they'll give the medal back and that they don't mind giving the medal back because I'll run again next year for charity. Okay, if you're going to do it for charity, run. I don't care. But you're, when you're competing as, as a woman and you're a biological man, that is not fair. Why? Well, because... The main the main thing is is that these the women are a lot. Look, I'm not gonna lie. There's some women that 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 can probably hold up to men, but it's very rare. But it's been proven already that women are not as strong, not as fast, not as endurable. Endure can endure. I'm trying to make sure I'm saying the right words. There's the majority of women can't do what a man can do. Now I understand the women's rights issue. I understand all this stuff. I understand, you know, well, I'm, uh, equal rights. I'm not against equal rights. Women vote. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not against none of that. But, but ladies and gentlemen, this trans athlete issue, it start, is proving the, the Republican, is proving the Democrats wrong on this issue. But instead of, of saying, look, we're wrong. We need to fix this. We needed to be fair for the women as well. They're holding to they're holding they're holding on to the ship. They're it's going down, but it's still holding on. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the issue. Because truth, uh, I just if you are born a male, you're a male. Uh, if you're born a woman, you're born. You, if you are born a woman, you're a woman. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. And look, it's just not a small commentators are saying this. Matt Walsh. It has been uh, has been removed from social media for making these statements. But ladies and gentlemen, we have to deal on truth. We can't just deal or we just can't go ahead and say, well, that that's yeah, you know, that's that's what everybody's thinking. Listen, 
as I as I say, you can tell anybody anybody can say the sky is red, but it's blue. And some people, no, it's red. I'm telling you the sky is red. No, it's blue. You have to deal with truth. And and this right here, I just I, I just can't believe the Democrat Party. But then it is the left. Now, one more story, then we're going to go ahead and, and get with Mr. Roland Roberts. Um, we, uh, we have the DOJ sues Tennessee to reverse on ban on trans treatment for minors. The Department of Justice, which, get, look, okay, this is what I get about this story right here. The DOJ has a lot more bigger fish to fry than suing Tennessee over stuff like this. Okay, we have we have rapid crime coming over the border. We have we have Hunter Biden is, is being investigated for everything under the sun. You 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 have you have a lot of things. You have a, a, a prosecutor that person that 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 went ahead and indicted a former president because of political purposes. But the DOJ is going to go ahead and ban- try to sue Tennessee because to reverse ban on transgender treatment for minors um now tennessee's ban on sex change treatment for minors violates the equal protection clause the dog said in a statement the law discriminates against transgender youth diagnosed with gender dysphoria blocking sex change treatments for them while allowing non-trender minors across uh minors across to the same uh or similar proceedings uh, and they make a big quote that no person should be denied the necessary medical. You know, now this is what I'm going to say about this. I got two points on this and then we're going to get to our interview. One, you know, if we're going to go on the, the logic of saying, well, you know, we should let trans, uh, we should let youth do sex changes as a minor. We need to change the driving laws in a nation. And I might, and people might say this is a poor analogy, but I, I think it does fit. If kids at a young age can decide they want sex changes, we should put them behind the behind the car, uh, put them behind a vehicle. Oh, that's not safe. How is it, kids? Kids don't kids don't understand the the rules of the law and the rules of of driving. But at the same time, you want them to go ahead and make decisions about sex changes. Think about this. Okay. We have you, we have kids that are saying they're a boy and a girl and we've got politicians and the people on the left saying, yes, give them that. But when you say, Hey, let them drive a car at the age of 11. Oh no, not dad. No, that's not safe. So why is it okay for us to restrict the age limit of a vehicle, but not restrict the age limit? of sex changes to somebody that's an adult. And I'll use the same argument on, on firearms. You have the left screaming, raise the age limit to for guns. And when you ask them why, because children don't know what to do with guns. Okay. So you want to regulate firearms to a certain age limit, but you don't want to regulate major surgeries that would impact them for the rest of their life. And that's what Tennessee's doing. Tennessee is protecting these minors and saying, just wait until and look, they didn't just, ban, they didn't ban all transgender surgeries that I'm aware of in Tennessee. 
they just ban them towards minors. Now, also the point I understand with uh with the DOJ is trying to the DOJ is trying to say, well, they're they're being discriminative against these people because they're transgender. They they only doing that because they want to change. No, I think this is more about this is this is my second point. This is about protecting children. Okay, I'm tired of hearing people on the left make the argument that oh y'all bigots y'all racist y'all homophobes y'all y'all the reason y'all don't want transgender because y'all disagree with them i disagree with the lifestyle i've come i've i've come against it on this platform but at the end of the day we're not doing this because we want to take away people's freedoms we're trying to protect children because what's going to happen when that child gets older and says, I shouldn't have done this. And also, it's also protecting kids always go towards the trend. The most famous thing that's happening right now. What if a child don't believe they're transgender, but they see their friends doing it and they say, well, I want to be part of the crowd, which is happening right now. And they say, well, I want to be transgender. And they do this surgery and they go down two, three years, four years down the line. If this thing, if, if this trend fades, oh, I don't want to be trans no more. I should have stayed the way I was. You spend that. I think that's what they're doing. They're trying to protect children from, from making decisions that they will regret later on. But according to the left, this is, this is tyranny. This is the government telling you what to do. But if we go on that concept, hey, any child could drive behind the steering, uh, steering wheel and any person could get a gun, no matter the age limit. Oh, we can't have that. That that that's their argument, though. So their argument is, hey, don't don't restrict on things that we agree on, but restrict on things we don't agree on. And that is the scary part in America. With that being said, we're going to be right back with Mr. Roland Roberts, presidential candidate in 2024. Please stay tuned for that. We'll be right back in a few moments. Cheers and good on you, boys and girls. My name is Scott Ford, and I have a show on Rumble. It's the Scott Ford Show, all one word. The Scott Ford Show, all one word, and it's on Rumble. I'd be very happy if you went ahead and subscribed, like Isaac. I'm a true American-loving patriot. Thank you, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. You're my peace of mind When this old world seems to get Everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. I have the honor and the privilege of having Mr. Roland Roberts. He is a Republican 2024 presidential candidate. Mr. Robertson, welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, man, you, you told me during prep uh, you've been uh, campaigning a lot. Uh, before we get into anything, Again, how the campaign is going and uh, how, how the response you're getting uh, as a presidential candidate at these events. You know, it's been great. We, we're, we've got a strategy and uh, we believe it's a winning strategy. It's unconventional. Uh, we're not just going and trying to throw mud up against a wall and see what sticks. Uh, we're being very strategic. Uh, we obviously the faith community is highly important to our campaign. There's 210 million professing Christians. I need 90 million of them to win. 
but there's 50 million who sit in churches every Sunday morning that aren't even registered to vote. And so that's a huge issue for us. We want people to be registered to vote and engaged in the civic process. And so, uh, it, but it's been great. The, the reception has been well because of our platform. It's obviously, uh, we believe America needs God, first and foremost, above all the policies, no matter how brilliant you are, no, no matter what a strategist you are for fixing the economy and national security and, and housing and education and so on and so forth. Uh, if, if God isn't where he's supposed to be, you will not get the results you're looking for. And so uh, we put him first and then we focus on these other policies. I like how you're saying that, Mr. Robinson, because, you know, uh, second, uh, Chronicles says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal from heaven and heal their land. And mm -hmm. I always looked at this as a, uh, I compare this to the presence of the Kings of Israel and Judah. Every time Judah had a good biblical King, the nation would grow. It would prosper because they put God first, but when they would have, a a king that was not serving God or didn't hold up to the principles of what God wanted them to do. The nation would fall. And I'm seeing that right now. We have a president that endorses LGBTQ. We have a president that endorses uh, people coming across the board, I'm not saying they're not safe or whatever, but at the same time, a lot of these people come with evil intentions. Uh, our, our country's a mess. Our financial problems are a mess. Um, we, we have word and I spoke about it uh, where the, the, one of the third banks, in America, wanted to have collapsed again this week. Our GDP is at 1.1. We just have a lot of things. And I I believe President Biden, I'm not trying to judge him, but President Biden's core message is not based on faith. It's based on what left-leaning agenda people want him to do. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a war on God in America today. It, it's, it's an all-out war on God in America. And uh, they call good evil and evil good. Uh, it's upside down. Wrong is right. Right is wrong. Uh, and of course, that's the, nothing could be further from the truth. But that's the time that we live in. These are the days. But I actually think it's a great opportunity for people like us to be the light and salt that we're supposed to be. He did say, God did say, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Uh, it's, it's a promise. Uh, and as, as, as scripture you quoted as well, uh, I also am not, uh, things are as bad as things are. I also have great hope because we know that Daniel 2.21, he setteth up kings and removeth kings. Right. Uh, you know, we either believe him or we don't. Uh, he either holds all power in heaven and earth in his hand or he doesn't. Uh, he's either the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, or he's not. Uh, either he can still, either he's more powerful than the U.S. government. Uh, or more powerful than any cheating or lying or stealing of, of, of votes or anything that happens. Uh, either is more powerful than our U.S. election system. It's more powerful than all of the nations on earth, or he's not. And of course, from my perspective, I'm in this because I believe I'm called to do it. I would not have done this voluntarily. You don't wake up one morning and decide to run for president of the United States, especially in this climate, and especially when you have a loving wife uh, like I do and a great family. And you, nobody wishes this, uh, the, you know, the road that you have to follow uh, on yourself uh, voluntarily. But I know that I was called to do it for such a time as this. And the truth is, we don't know what this world's going to look like a year from now. We just have absolutely no idea, except we do know it will look nothing like it does today. We, we will likely be in a war, hopefully not, but I don't think this, is, this administration seems to be uh, desirous of putting us in a world war uh, and creating chaos and havoc wherever we can uh, to try and maintain our global dominance. And of course, that's uh, not what I'm about. I have a very strong foreign policy, I'm, but I'm for peace. I want diplomacy first uh, and then in 
places and times that we can't, uh, then it's the worst thing they could have done. But, uh, you know, that's kind of our perspective on on how we lead and how we focus. And, and really, it's about building an, uh, an America for, 20 sec- for the 22nd century. We're a declining world superpower. You've got China, obviously, as the emerging uh, world superpower. And so we are playing chess and we are losing. Yeah, well, everybody else is playing chess. We're playing checkers, unfortunately. We're still losing at that. Uh, so, so, Mr. Robert, you know, let, we have to we have to go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. You have Nikki Haley. You have a uh, potential potential Ron DeSantis running. Uh, the biggest name out of all, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is running close to 60, 70 percent of the polls. I, since last election, I don't believe in polls, unfortunately, because of the does does the chaos that went around the 2020 election but you know we we've had another presidential candidate on here and i asked him the same question y'all are considered long shots Mm -hmm. and what what is your attitude on that as a long shot because a lot of people might say well roland roberts and other ones that are jumping in they really don't have a shot they don't have the money like nikki haley and other candidates have what do you tell them going into this race or would you tell the American people that say, look, this is a long shot. We shouldn't vote for him because of this, that, that issue right there. Sure. No, it's a great question. And, and the answer is I'm, I'm the dark horse of the race is, is really the position. Uh, obviously, you, people can only currently poll what they know. Uh, but one thing that has been clear from the polls is in the other category, 19 percent are currently voting other, meaning they don't want Donald Trump. They don't want Ron DeSantis. They don't want Nikki Haley, who, by the way, we are uh, running just shy of her not financial numbers. Uh, so she does not have more money uh, and certainly can't go the distance uh, for sure. There's also only a, a few of us, uh, two of us really at the moment that are actually running for president of the United States. I get that there's other presidential candidates, but Nikki Haley's not running to be the president of the United States. Bivik's not running to be the president of the United States. He's great at culture, fighting culture wars, and uh, but he's really better at as a media pundit. He, he prefers to just be on camera and talking about the issues, and he's good at it. In fact, you know, he'd make a great press secretary for me. I, I'd love to have him, you know, out there, but not running the country, not when we, whoever is the next president of the United States, must be well experienced in foreign affairs, foreign policy and diplomacy because of the nature of that office. We don't need them. Uh, and of course, with Ron DeSantis, he can't out negotiate Mickey Mouse. He's certainly not going to go toe to toe with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping of China. So from my perspective, we're not as long of a shot as it seems at the moment, uh, perhaps to some people. And I can tell you that a lot of the politicians that I've been on the U.S. delegation to South Sudan, helping the world's newest nation. They're also the most corrupt nation in the world. And so we've tried to help them learn how to be a country and have good governance. Kind of hard to do whenever we're so corrupt on our side and actually better at it than they are and trying to tell them how to how they should clean up their act. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to run for president, because I wanted to do right by people and right by nations and right by God. In the process, so the answer, the short answer to the long shot is Joseph didn't even have, stand a chance. He was in a prison actually. Whenever God called him up in the same day, David was not even in the lineup. And the problem is, and my actually hope and prayer for this election is that we will have a bunch of Samuels in the church, people who have discernment, people who look at the lineup of Jesse's sons and say, you know what, he's not here. He's not here. The next president's not in this lineup. I don't understand. Where is he? He's out in the field. David was doing what he was supposed to be doing, minding his business, being faithful. uh, And it took someone with discernment to say, 
I'm not picking from these. Where's where is the right one for this time? And I believe that at that at the, at the moment God ordains, uh, that's the place that I will be. So let, let, as we go on with that part, and I agree with you, I, I think most Christians don't have discernment in politics. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of preachers and a lot of teachers of the gospel say, hey, let's leave politics alone. I'm going to let God just pick. But we have a role that we have to if God, if like you, if you get elected president and people vote, they have to be understanding of the Holy Spirit to vote for you because God is leading them to vote right. for you. That's right. If I, the only way I win is if God wins. I he, he and I had a lot of these conversations before I filed and announced uh, because I said, I only win if you touch people's hearts. You have to open the doors. You have to make the way. Uh, yes, you've prepared me. Yes, I have extensive foreign policy experience and education experience and diplomacy and, you know, all of the different uh, entrepreneurship and econ economic and have run companies. And I, so I get all of that. But this is much bigger and it's different. And it's a unique time. Even the conservative granddaddies uh, or of organizations and politics in America don't know how to run, how to uh, strategize or manipulate, if you will, the election the way that they've always done. Uh, so I believe that it is high time, past time, for a candidate that is Holy Spirit-led, uh, both in how I campaign, when I campaign, uh, and also understanding that he will do in his time exactly what he wants to do. Amen, amen. On that note, you, you're talking about uh, you have foreign policy uh, experience and and you have background in government. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? What, you know... Because there's, there's going to be a lot of people that that that's going to ask that question, you know, people that are not of faith. Uh, well, we know he's a Christian, but but I want to know what his policies are. What did he what has he done for this nation so far in this role of what he sure. took on for president or running for president? Sure. Well, I, you know, the, the main thing is I've been focused on cybersecurity, uh, national security, uh, artificial intelligence, defense systems, um, and and then also clean water initiatives and education in Africa. Uh, so we've worked, and that's for the past several years, uh, eight plus years, I've been focused on that. Starting back in 2004, uh, 2006, we were doing data security. Uh, and, and that was because of the position that I held at a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. And, uh, and, and they had a data breach and then they tasked me with the response to that uh, and, and helping to address that and solve that. And so that led me into the data security business uh, and ran several companies after that and then became an entrepreneur doing it. But, but really, it's the numerous countries in Africa that I've been an advisor to the president or the minister of defense, minister of energy, the minister of national securities, uh, and then uh, some finance ministers, uh, and then also uh, in China. Uh, obviously, on the U.S.-China trade war, uh, I spoke to the CPC in the Congress in the Great Hall of the People in Beijing, China, in 2017, uh, and they they actually wanted me to address the topic of the U.S.-China trade war. Uh, that was the Wednesday before President Trump was going to meet with Xi Jinping for the first time, and uh, they wouldn't even allow him in the building. Uh, they had to do their photo op on the steps, and then of course I not only in I addressed uh, their Communist Congress, and then. Uh, other business leaders in China. And I was very direct. And I talked about uh, intellectual property theft. I obviously talked about uh, trade and how they just basically rip and uh, replace and duplicate everything that we do. And, you know, my message uh, was that uh, there's a better way. And uh, that's but but you have to understand their culture. Uh, their culture prides uh, 
in business the value of deception. So whenever we believe what they say, that makes us naive, not empathetic. But because we impose and project uh, America's values system and virtue system on to things that are said there, that's what creates the internal arguments and fights here. That's why Africa is the great pawn in the world today. They're the last greatest economic frontier on earth. And the United States and China, we keep maneuvering to, to win different countries in Africa and on that continent. Uh, that's what Sudan is all about. Uh, and, and most people don't understand, uh, you know, the things that have been happening there. But I've been involved in some of those uh, conversations and, and happenings even this week uh, with the uh, skirmishes and the fighting in Sudan. So that's a little bit of, of, uh, of my background. But really, moving forward, uh, we can't solve today's problems uh, with today's thinking. We have to solve today. To solve today's problems correctly, we have to think, have forward thinking uh, applied today. And so for me, we've focused on the economy. I want zero, to eliminate the national debt not to reduce the debt, not to reduce the deficit. I want to eliminate the debt. I have a plan to do that. We have it uh, on our policies page on our website, rollinrobbers.com. Uh, we want to have uh, eliminate the federal income tax for people on Social Security and for people making $60,000 or less per year. We actually are able to pay off the debt by doing that and restructuring the tax code. The tax code is 10 times larger than the Holy Bible that tells people how to live a whole life. It's ridiculous. And it's insane, and no one can follow it exactly. Uh, it's used to play games or to weaponize against people. That's why it's as confusing as it is. And so we want to do away with that. Uh, that will also reduce the, the IRS by at least 90% on headcount. Uh, the third thing I would do to help rescue the economy and to uh, lower inflation is I would uh, reduce the size of federal government by 20% in four years by freezing freezing all rehires uh, for non-critical positions, which means as uh, the, the natural uh, federal government attrition rate every year is 17%. And so uh, if we just simply do not rehire uh, people in these positions that are non-critical positions, and there's a lot of fluff, as you know, uh, we actually reduce the size of government. Most of the other things require acts of Congress. That is something the executive branch can do. Uh, so the economy is a major focus of mine. National security is a major focus. And then the family. I want to strengthen the family. Uh, the family is under attack today. The, 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 uh, we mock men for being men. They, they, they're mocking women for being women. Uh, they're attacking our children. They want their minds. And our children are not property of the state. They're they are given to parents by God. They're a gift of God to parents. And parents are the ones charged with raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So uh, my perspective is that we are supposed to empower and help and encourage parents. We have to help strengthen families. You can't do that whenever 70 some percent of your uh, citizens are divorced. So we need to strengthen marriages. We need to strengthen families and homes, give better support. Uh, I'll appoint a family czar to help create those kind of programs. You know, if you haven't noticed, everything in America that gets celebrated seems to be what everyone does. Uh, they just follow with whatever the national narrative is. I want the national narrative to be family is great. And by the way, when you place a strong emphasis on a healthy, strong family unit, all of the other people groups and uh, vulnerable or marginalized or whatever other lifestyles people choose, actually, it allows them to flourish unlike they do today. If, if you can't flourish, they can't flourish when you destroy by destroying the family. You strengthen the family, you strengthen the nation. I 100% agree. And it just, the, 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 the family emphasis is, is growing apart because how, you know, you talk about 70% of Americans in their marriages and divorce. That is a shocking statistic right there. 
Um, and, and you have them kids that are just running around, not not having an influence of a dad and a mom. You have parents that have to try to be both. And I think this is one of the reasons why we have this trend of confusion in America, because a lot of kids are being grown up by either a single dad or a single mom. And they pick up them traits when they pose when the opposite sex of their uh, opposite sex of their parents. And it causes confusion. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the incarceration of all the people who incarcerated, uh, 92% of them came from broken homes. Uh, that's a staggering statistic. Uh, we think it's the guns or we think it's, uh, you know, these other problems. And the truth is, if the home was stronger, if the family unit was stronger, uh, that can that alone can help the crime issues uh, in, in, in America. But you can keep focusing on the uh, ancillary problems. You can keep chopping off the limbs, but until you uh, get to the root, you're never going to solve the problem. You're putting band-aids, uh, you know, on, on the Titanic and hoping it'll stop the leak. Yeah, and it, it won't stop the leak. It just it makes the leaks bigger because water's trying to find another route out of there. Uh, Mr. Roberts, also, you know, we we talking about, you know, we we mentioned your long shot and all this stuff. I want to talk about the debate. We have our fir the the first presidential debate in uh, in August. I believe it was is going to be done by Fox News. Uh, unfortunately, Tucker Carlson won't be asking y'all the questions. I wish he was, but he's not there no more. Uh, but we we have a we had a lot of we had a lot of news break about that Donald Trump uh, saying that the RNC did not get his approval for this debate, and uh, I, I made a whole TikTok video on it. I made a I have a whole segment on it from the last episode about this um but that debate we you know I, I made a statement in that that uh in that segment where i said well if donald trump don't go let's listen from the other candidates because i, I do get a lot of flack and a lot of uh rebuttal from conservatives and republicans that love trump and they say oh well, you're coming against trump no i'm just speaking obvious facts i think True. donald trump should be up there with every republican candidate especially if there's only five or six of y'all they should let you all up there but, you know, uh, we know it looks by the money. You talked about the money. You're you're right behind Nikki Haley um, in percentage wise. You're up there. Do you see yourself up there in August? And, you know, how do you how do you approach a debate like that on a scale where you you're possibly going to be in be debating Donald Trump? You're sure. going to be debating we, we Nikki be, Haley. Yeah, we'll be in we're, we're in fourth place currently in the money. Uh, so we absolutely uh, will be on the debate stage and up there. Uh, I sure hope Trump is there. I told I said on Twitter, I said, uh, you know, I addressed him and said that uh, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, obviously, uh, no one needs your permission uh, to to schedule the debate or where it's going to be or who's going to ask the questions. Uh, this isn't a coronation that, uh, you know, this is this is a, a primary and uh, America is and, and primaries are are built in order for the best ideas to rise. And quite frankly, having some depth and substance as opposed to just just I'm winning. So just let's just just let me be the candidate and let me go uh, attack the other side. Uh, that's not new ideas. That's not how do I improve America? That's I'm bitter and I want to get revenge. Uh, so I told I said uh, on Twitter, I said, uh, hey, you don't have to be there if you don't want. We hope you do. Uh, but that's not very American. Uh, and unless you're going to start identifying as a six year old girl, stop whining, man up, show <laughs> up and uh, let whoever is, uh, you know, asking the questions. I said, I'll debate you in a parking lot. But you're going to sit there and whine about the venue and the questions. Uh, that that that's a bit uh, insane to me. I actually would love to go back to 
you know, some of the debates in the in the uh, early 1900s when it was three, four hours were the minimum uh, debates. Uh, and they really got into it because it wasn't just sound bites. They really debated. And you're talking about uh, statesmen. We haven't had statesmen really run for president of the United States. We've had politicians run. You haven't had a lot of statesmen. And so that's what I think is going to be great about this debate. I do think there are some people that love America uh, that will be on that stage that are competent. Uh, but I also believe that we are in a unique time. I believe that it doesn't matter how much you, just how matter uh, much how you love America. It's going to matter what kind of leadership abilities you have. And quite frankly, Donald Trump is everything I was raised not to be. Don't be a bully. You, you respect women. Um, you don't have a potty mouth. Uh, you 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 you, uh, you should be humble and walk humbly and don't be an arrogant jerk. And you know, so there was inherent things there. I think he was. Right for the right for the position in 2016. I'm grateful for many of the policies and things he did at that time. Uh, but I also think that, uh, you know, and with Asa Hutchinson running and some of these others, I mean, he would have been a great president in the 80s or 90s. These people, the fact that they're even on the debate stage shows how out of touch they are with America. If they're when you're 78, 79, 80 years old, uh, you don't need to be running the country. You're not even going to have to live with your own policies. Uh, that that's a problem to me. And, and this is the first generation where uh, you got Gen Z coming in voting. You've had the uh, many of the most senior conservatives. Uh, we lost a lot during COVID and people do not understand the makeup of this coming election. Uh, it is up for everyone. And what the Republicans think and what the Democrats think, there's going to be a, a massive shock coming. So, so on that note, and uh, we, we we got a few more minutes, I hope you don't mind. Um, you, you're talking about Gen Z. You're talking about newer, uh, a newer voting uh, age coming up. I had uh, one of my good friends, the liberal trucker on this show, and we talked about these kids coming out of uh, universities and what they're teaching. Um, a lot of liberals believe that this is going to be the generation that turns America from from a uh from from more conservative to more left leaning and that, that I want to ask you about about that group of people but also the age issue we've had the view uh I, I put them on my list how the heck they got on TV uh list um but they they made a point to where when uh it was Nikki Haley on Fox News discussing Biden's age Biden might be 86 by the time he get out she made some statements and all that stuff. So my two questions right here would be, how do you influence Gen Z that is probably more liberal because of colleges and high school teachings? And, you know, could you mention that? Do, should we be concerned with the age of Republican candidates as Asa Hutchison and Donald Trump? Because when Donald Trump, if Donald Trump would get reelected, he'd be 80 years old. We're in the same right. boat that we have Biden in right now. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the answer is yes, that they do not need none of none of these appeal to the younger voters. Forget policies, forget platforms, forget everything. A lot of Gen Z just looks at you and goes, yes, no. It's that simple. They're used to swiping left or swiping right for accepting friendships or however those, you know, the different apps work uh, to, to be a friend or connect. So I, to me, uh, they're, they're going to make instant decisions of uh, no on you, 
maybe on you, yes, on you. Uh, it's so visual to them and it's instant. Uh, that's why I think that no poll can possibly caps encapsulate what this election is going to be about, as we saw in 2016. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until after the first debate that people thought Donald Trump even had a chance. He was such a long shot. In fact, he was the clown uh, of, yeah. of the whole candidate uh, slate. And so, uh, but after the first debate, it, it got more real and people saw, okay, uh, he actually has some ideas. He's here to stay and, uh, and allowed it to progress. But with, as it relates to Gen Z, I can tell you, you know, they think we're old. Uh, so the fact that th they think the others are archaic, uh, you know, from, from, from a prehistoric age, that they, they can't even fathom somebody like that being president. By the way, they would be the oldest presidents or leaders of any nation in the world, a, a free nation in the world uh, by, by age. Uh, and if we go by the trends that are happening in the rest of the world, which we, we usually do, uh, uh, they're all electing younger leaders. Uh, people who they feel like they can relate to, uh, people who they think at least better understands them. They want someone who has enough experience and is seasoned enough, but still youthful. People who still feel like they can relate to and understand. But I'll tell you this. Yes, they are left leaning. Uh, yes, many of them uh, on social issues, they, they think very differently about those. But they seem to be more open to truth. That's the difference. For the last eight years, we haven't had truth. We've had entertainment. For the last four years, we've had a simulation and we haven't even had, you know, uh, the, the president being the president. Uh, so the, 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 the deep state or the administrative state, uh, the, the, the bureaucracies uh, have been able to just run the way they prefer to run. Uh, and their agenda is uh, liberal. Uh, so I believe that uh, the Gen Z, I have I have great hope for them, uh, and especially even in this election, because they value truth. They they know authentic, uh, authenticity more than the millennials, more than Gen X, more than uh, even seniors. Seniors, a lot of them still look, watch the news and think, oh, that's just the truth because it came from the news or it came from doctors. So therefore, it must be right. Whereas my generation and, and, and younger are going, are you kidding me? Just because you have a doctor after your name for every doctor that says this, I can find a doctor who says that. So I don't believe either one of you. I'm going to look for things myself. Uh, but they understand who is authentic. I'm not reading from a script. I don't have a teleprompter. That's all fake. It is all uh, show. They want authentic. And that's what will win this. That's why Ron DeSantis doesn't even stand a chance. He's at 16 percent poll. He doesn't even stand a chance in this because he can't speak unless it's scripted. It has to be in here. If you're going to fight for America, if you're going to actually move America forward, defend America. Do you think Vladimir Putin's having to read from a script? Much less you start getting into 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 Biden territory, uh, you know, where everything is everything is staged. Uh, you have to know what you believe and why you believe it. And I believe that we have brought appeal to uh, a lot of people. There's 15 percent on the far, far right, 15 percent on the far, far left. And I think 70 percent in the middle uh, say, uh, look, we may not agree with your, your faith or your social positions or anything else, but at least we know who you are. We know what you stand for. And uh, and and we know that you will respect and listen uh all American citizens. You'll be a president for everyone, uh, even though you'll stand strong for what you believe is right. We can live with that.
Hey man, that's some, that's, that's some good words right there. Uh, Mr. Robert, if you, uh, Mr. Roberts, if you would mind, uh, when the final moments we have, could you let everybody know where they could find your campaign website? And if they have any questions or any, or they want to contribute to your campaign, where they can find all that information. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's rollandroberts.com, uh, R O L L A N roberts.com. Obviously on Twitter at Roland Roberts, all of the, the handles on, on the social media is, is basically Roland Roberts. We'd love to have you as part of the team. I mean, the way they look at this is not how much you give, it's how many people give. And so uh, we certainly want uh, want, want uh, just even a dollar. Anything helps to show that you support this message. Uh, and, and by the way, that's how what elevates the message. You talking about a long shot has nothing to do with a long shot. It has to do with people who are engaged. And, and the more people who say, that's the message I support, here's a buck, uh, then everyone goes, okay, he gets the platform, he gets the mic, We're gonna, his message gets out. That's how the game is played. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm grateful for everyone who has supported us uh, and has gotten behind us because I believe uh, that America needs God and we are all here for such a time as this. Mr. Roberts, before we roll out, uh, so let's say it like this. I, I'm, a, I'm a voter. I meet you for the first time. What would you tell me as a voter and you're trying to get my vote uh, for a final argument? Uh, my final argument is, is, look, America needs God. And whether you believe in God or not, I promise you things are so bad and getting worse that you want somebody in that seat who can get a hold of God, who has his phone number, who talks to him on the regular, who isn't going to make a move without his approval. And uh, I'm going to work on the economy. We're going to work on eliminating the debt. We're going to strengthen the family. We're going to make life better for uh, for everyone, for all Americans. And I'm the only candidate that comes uh, from the bottom up. I come from a holler in Beaver, West Virginia, uh, where I grew up. And, uh, I, you know, I, I go into grocery stores. Uh, I'll still go into a Walmart and get things that we need. No other candidate can say that. They, they, they can talk about, they think they understand what who you are and what your pain points are and what you struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis. But I have I have lived it and I live it now. And uh, and, and so that's what I, who I'm fighting for. Mr. Roland Roberts, thank you for coming on the Cajun Conservative Show. It's always, it's always a pleasure. You're, you're always welcome here. If y'all send me an email, I'll make time for you to come on, my friend. Most uh, most appreciated. Thank you so much. Great right. being with you. All right. With that being said, I want to thank you for listening to the Cajun Conservative Show. And again, thank you, Mr. Roland Roberts, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Remember, everybody, Jesus Christ is king and he's coming back and he's coming back soon. So don't be fate of heart because Jesus has overcome the world. If you want to know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, reach out to me and I'll tell you how to make Jesus your Savior and heaven your home. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. You have a good one. And he is the open